This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, I'm Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pests as well as Triangle Lawn. And with me is Mr. Dan Gordon in the new year and in a new location. I don't know if you want to disclose that or not. He is pretty sought after. So, Dan, we are recording this in the morning. Would you like to say good morning? And then uh, and then we got some pretty good stuff lined up here. So let's get to it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me uh, introduce myself for those who don't know me. Uh, just because somebody had mentioned that we kind of gloss over our, uh, our, you know, what we do and whatnot. I own a uh, company or I'm a managing member of a company called PCO Bookkeepers, and we do uh, accounting work in the pest and lawn industry. Um, and uh, I also am managing member of a company called PCO M&A Specialists, uh, where we uh, broker deals. And uh, as you might uh, suspect over the last several years, it's been a pretty hot market. It's still a pretty good market. And uh, if you're thinking in those terms, by all means, get in touch with us. Uh, but uh, that's who I am. And um, I'm sticking with that story. So go right. ahead, Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, our podcast now is officially sponsored. And so um, it, I'm, I'm, it's kind of weird. I'm going to I'm actually going to do a sponsorship message. This episode is sponsored by Comarch by WorkWave. Uh, Comarch is having a they're going to be at the Beyond Service User Conference in Orlando, January 8th through 11th. If you haven't seen or heard or you're interested in that, go visit them over at Comarch.com. And as always, if you like what you hear or hear on our podcast, you can always review us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. But before we get into our topic, which before way, we before we get into what you're going to get into, just for everybody who's going to be at that uh, conference, I will be there and we will probably have about six of our team members. And we were there last year. And that is one fun party. So. It is a big, big conference. There's no doubt about it. It's massive. Um, yeah. So, um, well, you know, so today um, we're going to be talking, we're going to do our Q4. We're going to do our normal quarterly wrap up. We're going to wrap up Q4 in 2022, kind of talk a little bit about the year. But before we do that, I have some exciting announcements here. So first of all, hopefully our number one complaint, which there are many, our number one complaint for the podcast is that people completely decimate Dan and I over us being super cheap and not investing in mics. So I'm happy to report. I'm hoping that all of you can hear us a lot better, but I finally talked Dan into spending a little money. And when I say a little money, I really mean a little money. And I spent a little money and we have new mics and new sound equipment. So we're, we're hoping is, is that I'm sure someone will find something to complain about, but I hope to eliminate this one at least. <laughs> Well, so it, it it's kind of interesting. So Donnie opened up his wallets and the moths came out. And uh, <laughs> when, when he says it's a little money. So we, we have a guy who, uh, you know, puts these podcasts together and posts them up on, you know, whatever he does, the technology. And he said, hey, why don't you guys get this set? So I feel like a real, uh, you know, we've got a big microphone and a preamp and headphones and 
And if this doesn't work, I think we could like put music up and we could be DJs. So uh, yeah, there's no doubt. Cool we could certainly repurpose the equipment. So yeah. that's that's kind of you know new year, new mics. It's kind of exciting. So hopefully, hopefully for our listeners, this will be a lot, at least a better experience. They can hear us a lot better. You know, just just a reminder for the folks that are listening. You know, we we bring on guests, and sometimes we do our best to get them mic'd up as best as we can. But sometimes it, it, it's a little bit of a challenge. The second thing, which I think is super cool is that we're going to be starting a YouTube channel. It's not ready yet, but if for whatever reason, and I know that everyone wants to look at Dan and we were, we were discussing this before we started the podcast, but we're going to start, you know, we actually record all of our podcasts and we use our video. And so if for whatever reason you want to watch Dan talk, uh, not me, of course, but when we have guests on and those types of things, I know me personally, I listen to a lot of things on YouTube. I don't necessarily watch it. But we are going to have a YouTube channel. It's going to be kicking off. We don't have a date. I would imagine it would be within the next month. Um, but we'll make that announcement. You know, we were talking about where we wanted to go with the podcast for 2023. We're excited about what we're doing and we're excited about continuing to bring great content. Hopefully that's useful for you and useful for your business, as well as kind of keeping you up to date on what's happening in the industry. So. Dan, anything to add before we move into the kind of closing out 2023? Yeah, I, I just, just uh, a little comment on uh, why we did this. We were looking to, uh, you know, maybe bring in more audience. And we figured if we showed Donnie's face that, uh, you know, we, 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 we would <laughs> get uh, quite a few, you know, all the women would be, uh, you know. So. Oh, anyway, so here we go. Uh, let's uh, talk about uh, Q4 wrap and and just our observations about 2022 because it was a very very interesting year. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, you know, so why don't you start off with uh, your view of the economy, the macro view, and uh, you know what's going on, and uh, you know I will uh, chime in as. Uh, by the way, we don't we we actually don't wing these things. We have an outline that we go from, but we 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 try to make it sound conversational. So, uh, oh, that's so, so funny. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, so a few things. It, you know, as we get into this, Dan, I you know, as I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking about you know doing this and and doing the wrap and really doing a wrap on the year as well. It has been one crazy year, and I and I thought it would be a good idea for us to start with big picture, what's happening with the economy. You know things that you can do to pivot. And I hate using that word. It seems like everyone's using that word now. But you know changes that you might need to make in your business. And then we're going to bring it back to what the ramifications are in our industry, meaning the pest and lawn industries. And so, you know, when when you look at Q4, um, there are some things. First of all, I will say you know, the, the big the the two big things that most concern me, and I think has probably been the things that everyone has most watched. Uh, not only last quarter, but for last year is, is number one has to be inflation. We talked about this several times in the podcast. It is still going. You know, everyone in the news right now is like, oh, you know, inflation's great. You know, inflation's under control. Well, that's not technically the case. What what has happened is, is inflation has slowed. <laughs> it right. has not stopped. <laughs> right. And so it's kind of a cherry picked news bite that you hear. But, you know, when you go back and look, and I'm going to put this link up on our show notes, but there's a website called tradingeconomics.com, and they actually track, you know, the CPI, they track the inflation rate. And, you know, the rate has slowed. You know, back in June, inflation was up at 9.1 percent. 
And, you know, we don't have December numbers yet as of this podcast report recording, but we do have November's and November's was 7.1%. And the reality of it is, is that we've not seen anything like this since 1982, you know, when interest rates were at 18%. Uh, again, I'll link this article up. You can go back and read it if this is something to interest you. But the main thing is, is that, you know, inflation is still very much a, a big issue in our economy. And, and it, I think it's going to have a lot of ramifications for our industry. And the biggest one is going to be in the, in the realm of, of lending rates. You know, right now, a year ago, when you look at December of 2021, you know, the Fed rate that they give to banks was at 0.08%. That's called the Fed funds rate. This year in December of 2022, it's 4.33%. So what does that look like for you or the average home buyer? Well, you know, most people, I would say definitely millennials and definitely Gen Zers, they've never seen mortgage rates beyond 3%. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, and I could, I, I could, I guess I could say that for me too. I'm a Gen Xer technically, um, and when I bought my first home, I think I paid like five percent or something like that, maybe four percent. I don't remember, but it wasn't where it's at now. Which, if you if you pull rates now, I, I pulled them right before the show here. Right now, they're hovering between seven and eight percent, depending on your credit score. And we're already seeing the effects of that in terms of lending as well as refinances. I've got a buddy of mine who is in the mortgage broker business and his business is all but DOA as of right now. There's not a whole lot moving and I'm in a pretty hot market. You know, when I say, you know, we're in, we're in a couple markets, but the Raleigh market is a pretty hot market. And it, you know, it has, it has definitely, you know, refinances are pretty much done. They're over. But the second part, is you know new lending and new homes and so what we're going to see is we're going to see dance by the way having a technology moment that, that technology moment is brought to you by mr dan gordon ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yeah yeah my, my phone was ringing i figured out how oh, that what, that what, <laughs> yeah i figured out how to shut that off so i got i, I was just such in awe of um, yeah. my, my economist friend uh donnie shelton with the so you know uh well, so there's some ramifications here that I want to make sure we talk about. And, and I think the biggest one here is that the housing market is slowing down. And I don't think we're done. You know, typically there's between a six and 12 month, you know, it, it's going to take six to 12 months to see, you know, changes actually happen, happen out on the street. And so I think you know, we're going to be primed for that probably around, you know, it should be starting around January. I think we'll be in, in, in the full realm of it come June or July. And so, you know, the the slowing down of the housing market, you think, well, we're not in real estate, which is true, but I will never forget this. We had Cindy Manis on our podcast talking about PPMA, I don't know, a few, a few episodes back. And they do this, you know, they do this big research study. And I'll never forget, this was a few years ago, I was sitting at MPMA and, and they were going through the research studies. And, you know, 80% of new customers, people who call this is a stat by the research. Okay, this is not a Donnie stat. 80% of new customers do so because there's some sort of an event that happens with housing, whether it be a new house, whether it be a refinance or whatever. And so you cut that market at the knees, there are going to be ramifications for the pest and lawn industries because there's just not going to be that churn. Um, and so, Dan, I know you wanted to say something about the rates here before we move on, but I just think you know, the big thing here is that inflation is still going very much. The feds are raising mortgage rates. And I think, you know, from an economic perspective, 
and I'll get into this later, there are going to be ramifications for this year in terms of new customer acquisition. I just don't see there being as nearly as much activity as we've seen in the last three years, at least on the homeowner, new homeowner. And this is all residential. This is not commercial, of course. But So there's, a, there's, there's a couple of things here. So, yes, uh, interest rates are up and mortgage uh, rates are up. But also, if you have a credit line, if you're uh, doing vehicle financing, mm-hmm. all credit is up, right? So there's only a certain amount of money to, to go around to, to to buy assets, right? So if I have to pay more for my mortgage, that's going to drop the asset value. So you're going to see asset values falling. I don't mean vehicles. I mean homes and things like that. The other thing is we have a bunch of clients who are pre-treaters, right? And this is going to really affect the pre-treat market as, you know, builders uh, slow this thing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, the, the big thing on, you know, uh, mortgage interest rates are um, really just the cost of capital, uh, credit lines and things like that. Um, as far as the inflation, you know, uh, whatever that number is, it's irrelevant for us because labor inflation is our single biggest mm-hmm. problem. Mm-hmm. And it was last year. And I believe it was Washington DC now has with the new year, or maybe it's in July, has the highest minimum wage rate in the country, which is $17 an hour. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. Oh yeah. You know, uh, I think Seattle or, or uh, Washington State is like 15 and a quarter or something. But, um, you know, what do you pay your technicians? And we know that what the KPI should be as far as a percentage of, you know, what, what, what percentage of revenue do you spend on labor? And there's only two ways to correct that. One is route efficiency and the other is raising prices. And we've talked about those uh, pretty extensively. But uh that to me is is um, the, the the story, um, you know. Um, and, and I was going to say, I want to. I'm going to link an article up. This is another one that from CNBC that was written back at the very beginning of December that talks about when when the jobs report came out. You know, payrolls and wages. While while inflation is is tampering down, payroll and wages are not, and that is a big. And, you know, much to like what Dan said, that's a big concern. My main concern is, is that if you've not raised, if you've not raised, who's raising? We're not eating raisins today. If you have not raised your prices by, I would say, almost 20% last year, you may have missed a critical window. And now your 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 strategy is going to have to be getting more efficient. And we have a lot of clients who who didn't, and they're getting their butts kicked this year. And when we talk about it and I say, well, did you raise your prices? Well, yeah, we did on the new customers. Yeah. Well, no, you got to raise it on everybody, right. you know, because basically pest control and lawn care, we're in a nickel and dime business. I don't say that to be disrespectful at all. We we make money on nickels and dimes and we right. make, you know, in, in the best, best companies are 20 to 25% to owner, right? And so if my labor rate goes up and it takes, you know, a cut of 10% out of my P&L or 15%, I just, you know, went through more than half of my profit. And right. if I haven't raised my profit or if I haven't raised my prices, uh, it's a big deal and you're going to have a pretty rough time. So, I would say the, the, the take home from that is just enforce your margins, you know, pull your P&L, 
pull your PNF for 2022, you know, look at your projections for 2023. And if you're out of whack, find a way to get them back in. You know, Dan has, I mean, he's got several reports and I'm sure he can link that up as well. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that they're very predictable stats in our industry. They're very predictable stats. It should be on your PNL, you know, operating ratios. And if you're out of whack, you're going to need to find a way to clean it up because the fact of the matter is, is that and we, we kind of talked about this before. For our industry, you know, inflation at 7%, baloney. Okay. The last time we ran it, you know, Dan and I did just for our industry, it was at like 16%. I think it's probably over 18 now, which is why I'm given that number of 20%. I just believe that inflation is much higher for our industry because of labor and it's such a critical part of our PL. And so, you know, the interpretation there is, is that pull your PL, look at your operating ratios. If they're not in line, I don't think you're going to, be able to do it with pricing now. We had a window. That window has passed in, in terms of price increases. Maybe so. I don't know. And I'm sure people can disagree with me. I know for me, I have an operating company. I did price increases. If it continues to rise, I'm not going to raise prices in the environment that we're going into. And I'm going to talk more about that as we get into the next point here, which is the recession or the impending recession or whatever. I just think that you're going to have to find those margins and efficiencies because the easy money, you know, the easy way to fix that now is gone. But by the way, you, you had mentioned we do a report uh, we have a, on our website, uh, ecobookkeepers.com. It's uh, in the resource section. It's called the cost study. And we did that study, I believe, in two, uh, 2019. And I always get the question, are you going to do it again this year? Well, no, because it's a puzzle. Our business is a puzzle, right? We know that we have a certain amount of revenue. We know that there's a certain amount of direct costs and we know what our gross margin is going to be. And then all of those things as a percentage don't change, right? And so if labor is going up, it's not going to change. Ultimately, that, that formula is still going to work. But the way that you're going to make it work is by raising prices and raising your efficiency so that you can get that labor back to that 20 to 25 percent. And when I say that, I don't mean with benefits, payroll taxes, things that that's just your wage. But you've got to get it back there. You're not going to do it by cutting salaries because you're not going to get anybody to work for you. You're going to do it through price increases and route efficiency. But everything reverts to the mean. And as bad as things might be, they're nowhere near what they were in 2008, you know, and, and, and so, you know, we're going to get through it, but just make sure that you understand when you look at that cost study, oh, geez, maybe we should do it for this year. No, no, no. That is the formula. Um, mm -hmm. And and you can look at our clients year in, year out, and that is the formula. That's how we got to it. So, um, it's a, so let's transition to the other big part of, of 2022. And, and I would say it was even a big part of, of Q4 of, of 2022. And, and no one's technically declaring this yet. And I just want to make it clear as we get into this next topic, which is a recession. Everyone's been talking about it. And I wanted to define it. I'm joking, by the way. There's actually no real definition for it. <laughs> So, I thought I, I I don't want to steal your thunder, but I thought that there is a, a definition. No, it's just all the only it's, definition is is that this widespread prolonged downturn of economic activity. That's it. 
you know, I so thought it was two quarters of down. That's a rule of thumb there, Mr. Finance. Okay. It's a rule of thumb. It's not an actual official definition. And you are correct. Yes. The rule of thumb is, is if you have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, then that's a recession. That's a rule of thumb. But, you know, this has been very different. Um, you know, I'm going to link another article here. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And it goes through why this recession is going to be so different. And they use a term which I love. They call it the rich session. <laughs> the rich <laughs> session. <laughs> it's a great term. But that is good. You know, the point that they're making is, is that, listen, most of the time when we have a recession, the people who are hurt the most are kind of the frontline workers, right? These these are low paying jobs. These are blue collar jobs. And, and, and again, much to which Dan said, I'm not disrespecting any of these. I respect all people. I respect all professions. OK, but generally speaking, you know, part of a recession is extensive job loss. And you'll hear folks when when even when you're recovering from a recession, jobs don't recover as quickly. And so, you know, everyone's like, oh, the economy's doing great. And there's still tons and tons of people out of work. That's not the case now. You know, and we've talked about this in podcasts prior, but, you know, there's this whole labor shortage that's happening. We haven't seen it since the Civil War. And so what we're seeing with this recession is, is that frontline workers are in high demand. They are paying, you know, we're paying a premium for them because there's just not enough of them. And so where the job losses are happening are actually in white collar jobs. And we've seen this in tech extensively. I mean, every big box tech brand that you can think of has gone through pink slips, you know, whether it be Google, Facebook, Tesla, I mean, you name it, right? They've all had job cuts. And, and so the difference in this one is, is that yes, we are having, we're definitely slowing down in terms of the economy, but the people who are losing their jobs are not the frontline workers, it's the white collar workers. And so you would think, oh, well, that's not a, that's not a, a big deal, you know, okay. But it's kind of a double whammy for our industry if you think about it. And the reason that it's a double whammy is because, number one, we hire frontline workers. There's not enough of them. We're paying a premium for them. But our customers, the vast majority of our customers, are white collar workers. And so to me, I think it's a double whammy because, number one, you, your customers are going to feel this, which means you're going to feel it in terms of sales, in terms of cancellations. But your labor is not going to go down. You know, our last recession that we had back in 2008, I got some of my best people from the construction industry, who are still with me, by the way. We're not going to get that with this one. If anything, mm -hmm. we're going to get slower sales and higher cancellations. Oh, and by the way, labor is going to continue to go up because inflation's not over. And by the way, I don't want to sound like I'm painting doom and gloom here. I'm just making the point that I think the recession is happening. I think it's real. I think we're going to see the, I think, and by the way, this is, I always pick about Dan, you know, getting out his crystal ball with his, in his robe. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do that, but I do think that we're going to be feel I think we're going to feel the full effects of it come mid year 2023 because of the housing industry that we talked about. And the other part of this is, is that, you know, what's happening with frontline labor. And so, you know, to me, this is a big concern. This is probably a bigger concern than inflation because inflation, I can make price adjustments. I can do things with efficiency when I can't get enough people and I have customers dropping off. That's a much more difficult problem for me personally to solve. You know what I mean? I mean, it, it's it's labor and sales are, are they're they're not hard problems, but they're not easy problems either. You know, I can do one price increase and fix the inflation problem, 
I've got to do an awful lot to fix a sales and recruiting problem. So, so let me ask you the question, and this is not on our outline. Where's the outline. opportunity? Where's the opportunity? I, I think the opportunity is, you know, there's going to be a few opportunities here. Number one is, is that you're going to have to learn how to create demand. You know, you may have to start thinking outside the box. I think you have to be more proactive with your customers. I think the other part, I think the other opportunity with this is ah, Tony Massey, when we had him on, he said something that I have never forgotten. He, he said he likes a good recession because it clears out the week. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think the opportunity here is, you know, if you can clean up and, I, and we're going to talk about this in terms of how this comes back and what you should do in our industry and like how you should prepare for it. To me, I think the opportunity is for you to clean up, clean up your gross margin and really dial in like what customers you're going to focus on and whether the recession and that way you know these folks that are out there who are and and by the way if you're in this category don't think i'm picking on you wdirs only which which means like you know termite inspections only or pre-treatments only those folks may not make it out of this they may not i remember back in 2009 i had a friend of mine that's all he did was inspections and he literally was paying his mortgage with a credit card but yep. he, he i mean he just could not make it and so I think, you know, Tony Massey said it best when he said, you know, a great thing about a recession is that it, it kills the weak. And so I think the opportunity here is, is that you clean up, you tighten up your margins, you make sure you're good to go. We weather the storm. And then when we come out of this, it's I mean, the, the sky is going to be the limit because a lot of these players who are, you know, you know, feeding on the lower end fringes of the market, they're going to be gone. And then, and then, you know, whoever is left will be who reaps the benefits of the recovery. So that's me. That's what I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think the pre-treaters are definitely, that's all the real estate, anything that's tied to real estate will be a problem. I know that um, a lot of people went out of business in 2008 and 2009, the pre-treaters and, and, you know, the guys who focused on the real estate markets. Um, there's always, the, the beauty of our industry is there's low barriers to entry. So there's always going to be new guys, right? So you might wash out some some guys who were marginal players, as Tony said, but there's going to be new guys. There's always new guys. And that's that's the beauty of our industry. You know, it's funny. I had one of these old timers uh, talk about the M&A market and say, geez, this is horrible. We're, it's going to be one big company and that's it. And I said, it'll never happen. Right. And it won't happen because of the low barriers to entry. Mm -hmm. You always got a guy who works for a company who thinks he can do it better than his boss. And that's what breeds innovation and brings on the next company. Not that you want to see people leave your company, but, um, you know, I mean, it, 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 if you think about, um, I, I, what did I hear that, that, that arrow, um, you know, that, that, that arrow in Atlanta is a, um, you know, they, they came out of working a long time ago. Right. They right. Let them go. Where I worked at Viking at Bradbury, the guy who started Viking, he was a Western employee who, you know, he thought he could do it better. And he started this, this big company. So that's what happens. And now you've got all these door to doors who are, creating these massive companies. Um, and that's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, going forward. And if, 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 if you're, if you want to ignore the door to door, um, uh, you know, uh, community and you want to say that, uh, you know, it's a passing fad, it ain't. And no. it's going to be, it's going to be a big part of this industry. Well, I think fundamental, 
you know, the, the, the big difference with door to door, and this is why it's not going to die, is that they create demand. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you have a business practice where you can create demand, it's I mean, it's it's security, really. You know, and I've seen this happen in markets where you're not dependent upon, you know, the vast majority of pests and maybe even some lawn companies, you know, their business model is based upon some sort of event that that creates the demand. I see a roach. I see a termite. I see something. And that cues me to go and take an action. When someone can walk up on a door and create that demand, that's a completely different way of doing business. And, and you know, again, much like what you said, that's why they're not going to go anywhere. So, you know, bringing it back to, I almost feel like we're, this should be called the. Well, let me, let me just, so, so there is, there is, there, there is one other uh, profession that uh, they create demand. And, and I had this conversation at a party the other uh, day with somebody. Uh, lawyers, lawyers create demand, right? All they have to do is go out and sue somebody. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Not that I'm picking on lawyers. I have lots of friends who are lawyers. But um, anyway, so uh, let's um, move along. Um, well, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, we, we so we've talked about kind of the recap and we're, we're, we're taking kind of a macro view here. And the first one is inflation. The second one is the recession, and we've talked about impacts that that's going to have on our industry. Uh, in the end, we're going to talk a little bit about what you should do to get prepared for it. But I think you want to talk a little bit about a few other cleanup items that we've had from government stimulus. Do you want to spend a little bit of time on that, Dan? Yeah, please? sure. So, so there's two items on the government stimulus front, which, you know, that provided a lot of money to a lot of our clients who you know, put the money into marketing and or equipment. And, uh, uh, you know, the pandemic wasn't too bad for business, but the first one was the PPP. And, uh, oh, we probably did a couple hundred of those applications and we probably did a couple hundred forgiveness uh, applications. And I don't think any of them were rejected. I think we all, we got them all accepted, which is, that's a pretty good hit rate. Mm -hmm. However, one of the things that you need to to understand is it's not over. It may be, but you need to keep that the work papers, keep the information available because you could get audited and um, you will have to prove, you know, uh, your payroll uh, and, um, uh, you know, uh, prove the fact that you are eligible for the PPP forgiveness. So don't uh, lose sight of that. Don't, uh, you know, kill all of the, uh, uh, the, the paperwork for that. The second one, and this is one that I had a tough time and still have a tough time with, is the ERC. That's the Employee Retention Credit. It's funny, you listen to the TV, you listen to the radio, um, you, um, uh, you know, there, the, these, these uh, uh, companies have popped up everywhere that are willing to help you get this money that's yours. Well, there's pretty specific um, uh, criteria that you have to look at in order to make sure that the money's yours, right? If you are a restaurant or a bowling alley or something that really got affected by, uh, you know, COVID and you kept your people uh, going, then absolutely, you deserve it. You should apply for it and, and whatnot. The other thing that I would talk about with these firms are what they do is they take 15 to 20 percent 
and by the way, we're not talking about small dollars. You know, some of these guys who I'm seeing are getting refunds of a half a million, a million dollars. And these guys are taking 15 to 20%. We from PCO bookkeepers as a risk management, uh, from a risk management perspective, have decided not to do ERCs. But what I can tell you is that in order to do one, all you need to do is amend a payroll tax return and accumulate some data. So if you're a small company and you had an accountant prepare the work, 20, 25 hours. If you're a larger company, 50 to 100 hours. Let's say I charge you $300 an hour. That's not 15 or 20% of a half a million dollars. So these guys are lining their pockets. They also right. don't have the type of liability insurance to cover when the government comes after you. Because if you read some of the literature from attorneys and CPAs and whatnot, this is one of the biggest, they're calling it one of the biggest tax frauds perpetrated against the US government. And it will come back to roost. And remember what the Inflation Reduction Act did. It hired you know, oh, yeah. 80,000 IRS agents. And believe right. me, this is low hanging fruit and they will come after you. The next thing that a lot of these uh, ERC companies are not telling you is that if you get the ERC, and we have lots of clients who did using these companies, it is income to you and you have to amend your 2020 and 21 return. That is something that PCO bookkeepers will do. If you've gotten the money, we're happy to amend it, but make sure that you do. Don't think that you can just take the money and run because you will you know, they'll catch up with you and you will owe the money. Okay. So that, that's, that's, uh, you know, well, really important. I know, I know for me, I, you know, I looked at this ERC a while back and, and got super excited about it. Then I started digging into it and was like, eh, I don't think this is a good idea. And, and by yeah. the way, if you've done it, I'm not saying you shouldn't have, again, all the points that Dan made, I think are valid. And I think you have to look at things like, yeah, it's, it could potentially apply. And, and by the way, I have to watch what I say here because, I mean, this is going to be the old joke that I was talking about. I know for me, based on what we could potentially get versus the risk that we would take, it was not worth it to me. Not saying that you shouldn't do it. Not saying that if you did it, that it was the wrong move. Just saying for me, it was not. I'm just the, really the, weird. The sheer, the sheer volume of this thing, the government can't audit everybody. And as a CPA, my advice is in the pest control industry, unless you were – like in high-end commercial work and they wouldn't let you in their place or something like that, most likely you did not qualify for it. However, a lot of these companies are telling you that you did qualify for it. And so that, you know, is uh, you, you may get the money and if you don't get audited, it, it's a business decision that you made and it's a gamble and you may win. So I'm not saying that, you know, everybody's going to have to give the money back, but it's certainly an area that's going to come under a lot of scrutiny. And, you know, the IRS is notorious for picking industries and situations because, like you said, it is too big. They can't audit all of that. And if they get on a, hey, we're going to go after the pest industry line on these ERCs, it's going to happen. You know, and, and I mean, that's the that's the reality is that, you know, there are there are industries and there are specific things where they realize like, hey, there's been a lot of fraud in this segment. Or there's this, you know, there's this industry that that got it, but you know, it's really unlikely that as an industry that they were really affected that way, and it would make it prime for an audit. 
is all. And I'm you and you look at anybody from Massachusetts, right? This is not ERC. This is sales and use tax from the Department of Revenue in Massachusetts. They hooked into a couple of pest control companies that were not paying use tax on the chemicals that they bought. And there's a distinction between chemicals and mechanical traps and whatnot. So in Massachusetts, you don't have to pay use tax on the chemicals if they're restricted use pesticides, but you do on the mechanical traps and whatnot. And once the Department of Revenue in Massachusetts got their hooks into a couple of pest control companies, they're just having a field day with pest control companies right now. I can't tell you how many audits we've worked on in Massachusetts. That's tiny stuff compared to the federal right. government and the IRS. Right. Yeah. So that, that's, that's what happens. So let's talk about some predictions and then transition to how do you get ready? You know, I for predictions, and I've kind of said this before, which is I personally think we're already in a recession. I think we're already slowing down. I think a recession is probably um, at this point, uh, I don't think is a question of if, I think it's just a question of when we're going to feel it. Um, and I don't think we've seen the worst of the housing slowdown yet. You know, I think that, you know, with with rates going where there are, there's a lot of folks who I mean, there's a lot of builders who have pre-purchased land. They you know, they've already got these tracks built out. You know, what I'm seeing in the Raleigh market is, is they're finishing out what they've had, but I've not seen a lot of new activity. And so what that means, I think, for for our industry is that, you know, I don't think we're. And I hate to sound like doom and gloom, but, you know, I don't think we're through the worst of it yet. I think we're still I, I think we, I think 2023 by June and July, we should be well into it and we should know how much it's going to affect our industry. Because I, I don't think we're going to see the housing, the full housing slowdown in 10, because, you know, in real estate, you can't turn on a dime. You know, there's there's land purchasing, then there's the land development and then there's track building and then there's the sales process. And so, you know, changing rates is not going to have an impact in a month, not even in six months. It's usually a year before you really start seeing that. So that's the first prediction is that I think the recession is going to happen if we're not already in it. And I think it is going to have an impact on our industry. Um, the other thing is, is I don't see, I think inflation should start tampering down, but I don't think it's going to change. I don't think we're going to go back to the wages that we had before. You'll I never, think, no, you can't go yeah, backwards. Exactly. Wages. That's exactly right. So what that means is, is that if your pricing is not in line, what I would do, you know, is I would, I would get my efficiency is, is as best as I could get it. I would work on my vendors in terms of pricing. And I would ride it out until we came out of the recession where you can adjust your pricing. I think that window has, I think if you did pricing now, um, I mean, it's a big risk. I'm not telling you not to do it, but I can tell you I'm not doing it. Um, not now. Well, I, I can tell you in 2008, we didn't see the industry industry shrink. What we saw was the growth slowed. It was anemic at best, but we were still growing. Not like well, we had General bed, Motors. Bed bugs, though. Bed right? bugs were a big thing. However, if you think about, if you had a good sales year last year, right, right. you're pushing that book of business into next year. Now, you're going to have some attrition. And it, based on our pest index that we do with William Blair, we're definitely seeing a slowdown, but I think last month we were still at 10% year over year, which is pretty good. It'll be interesting to see where we bottom out. My prediction is we don't go negative. Um, I don't think we'll go negative, but you know, even 10% would be concerning because how much of that is price increases? 
Well, I think all of its price increases. Yeah, which basically means we're we're flat. You know, yeah. if you if you if you if you adjust for that, and so, you know, again, not trying to be doom and gloom, just sharing what I think. And so, you know, the question now becomes, well, what do you do to get ready? I mean, for me personally, I'm not borrowing right now, and I wouldn't be signing up or lining up to do any kind of borrowing, like for big big item purchases, because really, you're not going to be able to afford as much, and it's going to cost you way more money. So that's that's number one. Number two is your gross margin. I would make sure that that gross margin line is intact. And gross margin, Dan, we're at 55%. 50 to 55%. We definitely have companies that are more, but if right. you're under 50%, you really gotta, you know, uh, think about. And that might mean some hard choices. That may, that may mean that Uncle Jerry needs to go. <laughs> Well, but, but, but here's here's an interesting one. We have a lot of clients who their company wide gross margin is less than 50 percent. And the reason is because they've got these these cash cow offices that are good size and they're making money and they start all these little infant offices. And during good times, that's not a bad strategy. Right. Because if you make a whole bunch of profit, you're just going to pay taxes. These infant offices lose money and you offset it against the bigger offices. So your gross margin drops and your net margin drops. So you don't pay as much in the way of taxes. But if you're a company that's got a couple of, you know, really rocking offices that are making really good money, but you've got these infant offices, Make sure you don't start too many infant offices because they will take you down. They, gosh, that's such a great point. It is such a great point. Yep. If you've got these new offices that are bleeding you, it, it may be a great time to be looking at those because, you know, getting back into the other cleanup part is that you need to preserve that profit line. You know, for me, I can tell you what I'm going to do and I'm not telling you this, what you should do, but I'm not doing any new borrowing. I'm making sure our gross margin is where it needs to be. I'm making sure our profit where it needs to be. And really, I'm going to, and this is kind of a new thing for me. I'm going to use numbers to drive our marketing and our sales efforts. Like I'm going to make sure that we stay in our cost per sale and our cost per lead slot. But that I'm not doing any major things until I kind of see how this is all going to play out. Because when I hear wages are continuing to grow, I have a 19-year-old daughter, by the way, if, for those that don't know. And she is like legitimately working at a, not a fast food restaurant, but it is a restaurant making 19 bucks an hour, like legit just got hired off the street. I couldn't believe it, which, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, not that I want my kids to work for $7 an hour, but you know, there's a time and place for that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, but the point is, is that, you know, you should put her on the back of a termite truck. What do you, I mean, what is she, she lives with me. She does better to go to work for me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, the reality of it is, is that, you know, labor is not going to drop. And that is a, such a huge expense in our industry. And, you know, with labor not dropping and the potential for cancellations and the and this, you know, these challenges that we're going to have with our customer base, because, you know, white collar customers are getting I mean, they're the ones that are really feeling it. I just don't know that I want to take any high risk right now where I'm really depending upon, you know, when I was early on in my company. I took risk where I had to make my numbers. If I didn't make my numbers, I didn't make payroll. We used to call it living on the curve. And let me tell you, I was the worst. At I did it for years I, you know, because I was growing so fast. I mean, I was dumping you know, 20 to 35% of my, of my dollars back into marketing. And we had to make our numbers in order for us to continue to grow. You know, I had to do that back then. We're a little bit large now. I don't have to do that anymore. But the reality of it is I'm still not going to be as aggressive. I'm just going to kind of be patient. I'm going to 
run what we have in terms of numbers. And I'm just going to kind of let the market and the economy decide at what speed we go. I'm not going to be, because the problem that I have is I tend to be over-optimistic, right? I mean, I just know that about myself. And so I'm judging, judging by this podcast. I, uh, I, I'm not sure I see that, but go ahead. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe it's my older age. I don't know. But, you know, I just think that, you know, again, I'm not negative on the economy. I'm just a little concerned. And for me right now, my preparation is just cleaning up, making sure that the PNL is super tight. My operation ratios, my operational ratios are in the slot. And then it's going to be a month by month thing. How are we looking on cost per sale? How are we looking on cost per lead? You know, is, are we controlling our labor costs? Are we doing every, are we exposing every crack that we can to be clean? And, to, and when I say clean, I mean be efficient. And, and if so, then great. And that's, that's where my effort's going to, that's where a lot of my focus is going to be. And then, you know, if we start watching customer cancels come up or if we start watching our sales dip or whatever, obviously I'm going to continue to work on that. But it's kind of one of those things where, you know, the tide, I don't want to say the tide's going out, but, you know, when the economy is rocking, it, life's easy. You know, it's, it's like, the, you know, every pilot looks great in great weather. You know, it's, it's when it's bad weather, you really know whether or not they're a good pilot. And I think this is kind of the same thing. You know, everyone looks like a genius when the economy's rocking. Every business owner does because everyone's making money. It's when things start going south that you realize that, well, now, now what's going to happen? So that's me. That's how I think you should prepare. That's what I'm going to do. Dan, anything to add before we just 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 remember that the economy works in cycles and we haven't had a real downturn in a long time. Usually, the you know, the, the cycles are, are much uh, uh, more compacted and compressed. I mean, the last really bad recession we had was 2008. Right. So we had some yeah. slowdowns and we have, but but the last, you know, 15 years or so or, 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 or 12 years or so have been pretty good, right? right? And so we're due. And and you know, hopefully this'll last for a year or two and we'll be out and we'll be, you know, back in business. But um, I think that you're in the right place at the right time in this industry, in that we're not going to get hit as hard as other industries. We never do. Um, not like the know. housing market or you know, yeah. some of these others that are dependent upon lending rates. And yeah. and again, you know, I don't want to sound like doom and gloom, but but you know, at the same time. I think you have to take a serious look at your strategy and just make sure that you shore up any leaks that you have. I mean, Dan's point about if you've got things that are bleeding cash, it might be a good time to reevaluate. And this doesn't say that you can't do it later, right? I mean, it may mean that if you've got a an infant office, as Dan calls it, you know, maybe like, hey, maybe we pull that back this year and, and maybe we pick it back up in three years. Because, you know, the, the, the other side of this that we don't have from 2008 our bed bugs, right? I don't know that there's some new insect that's going to save us, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember back in 2008, 2009, you know, yeah, we, you know, the housing market took a dump, but then bed bug exploded and exploded. we were able to recover. Yeah. So just, just things to think. Well, about. one of the, one of the things that we're, uh, you know, Tim and I are doing with the index is this may not be spot on, but we're calling mosquito the new bed bug. There's a huge difference, right? You can live with mosquitoes, bed bugs. Once they're in your house, you can't live with them. But mosquitoes, if you look at what's gone on in the past 10 years in our industry, they've really proliferated and um, they've been a really good profit center. So focus on those. We're going to actually be uh, this year. We're going to be breaking out mosquitoes from our index. And that'll be one of the sub 
categories because it's just been such a a, a, a terrific line of business. You know, one question, and then, and then we'll finish out here. It is, you know, bed bugs were what I would consider to be a necessity insect to exterminate. I wonder if, you know, we're looking at our white collar workers here, white collar customers. It, you know, mosquitoes are inconvenient. You know what I mean? Right. Like they don't, they're not necessarily. But, but, but like, they are recurring and the bed bugs aren't. They are. Like, you they are. get them, you can build this book of business, but you're absolutely right. It's, I don't want to say it's a luxury because not getting bit is, is not a luxury, but you could go inside, right? right. Bed bugs, if you had them in your house, you, it doesn't matter. You, you yeah, the idea of, of, of something sucking in your blood at night freaks people out, which I, I don't know why, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, Dan, anything to add before we close out here? I think that's it. I'm looking forward to this year. I'm looking forward to using our new equipment. This is uh, pretty cool stuff. And um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can, again, you know, you'll be able to look at us on, on YouTube and see all the facial expressions. And when they, right? uh, it's, I got to shave now when, before yeah, I do. Uh, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. All just a reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today, the articles that we talked about, all that's going to be linked up on pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes for this show. And again, if you enjoyed the show, we appreciate any kind of ratings and reviews that you can do that. With that, we're excited about 2023. Excited about being with all of you. It's going to be an interesting year. And with that, we're signing off. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.